Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. I am your curator, Professor Grunsplatter. Beyond these doors crouch the wonders, horrors, and wry smiles of an uncanny world. This world, your world. Should you choose to come inside, the sounds and stories that the shadows tell will be yours to behold. Make no mistake, it is a place of questions, not answers. A place where the tickle in your belly or the twitch in your eye simply mean you're paying attention. But then if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention and the brave ones.
Greetings. Welcome to episode 34 of Professor Gruntsplatter's Spookatorium. I am your humble host. Uh, today's show opened with Antichamber. This is a side project of the guy behind Codex Empire. That was the title track from their Archaic Idol release on Polymorphism Records. Uh, following that was Black Mare with Coral Vaults off the 2017 release Death Magic Mother. Uh, as you may have noticed, I recorded a new intro, and there are some new bumpers for the different segments that will pop up as they are relevant over the next few weeks. Uh, in addition, I made a video intro for the YouTube version of the show. Uh, take a peek at that if you haven't checked out the show over there before. Um, coming up in a little bit, I have a story about man-eating trees and uh, probably some other things. But first, this is Phobos, and it's... Uh, spelled like an acronym, so it's P-H-O-B-O-S, with Aurora Sulfura.
Auditorium exists to showcase music and ideas. I am not an expert at anything, and I have no agenda beyond fostering curiosity. The show is not monetized on any platform. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. A video version is available on the Cryonic Mind YouTube page. If you can like, subscribe, comment, etc., it helps the show's visibility. If your music was featured here and you'd prefer it was not, let me know and I will remove it from the feed. You can reach the show at spookatorium at gmail.com. The website can be found at spookatorium.org, and your comments are always welcome. Thanks very much for spending some time here.
That was Legia with a brand new track entitled Resurrection Transmutation. Uh, the words for that uh, were taken from Corpus Hermeticum, The Divine Pymander by Hermes Trismegistus. It was released as a lone track, which I generally don't like from a nerdy music organization standpoint, but it was uh, too good for me to not pick up. I have one other from her called The Second Burning that's about 20 minutes long and equally as evocative. Uh, previous to that was Heredicy 7074 with Scorched Entry. This was a collaboration between Ovro and Nico Scorpio uh, from Finland. And then opening that set was Phobos with Aurora Sulfura off their 2018 released Phlogiston Catharsis. Mind your fingers and toes as we step to the carousel of cryptids and creeping things that lurk throughout history and along the back roads that stitch your neighborhoods together. In 1783, a Dutch surgeon named Forsch published an article called The Valley of Poison in London Magazine that told the tale of a poisonous tree called the Javanese Upas. The tale being that the tree created a poisonous atmosphere around it and anything that penetrated the toxic perimeter would die. It recounted, quote, a dreadful tree, the poisonous secretions of which are so virulent that they not only kill by contact, but poison the air for several miles around so that the greater number of those who approach the vegetable monster are killed, unquote. He goes on to say nothing can grow within several miles of the tree except smaller versions of the same species, and that the area around the tree is littered with the bones of birds and beasts that dare draw close. This characterization of the upas tree was later disproven. The upas is poisonous, however, and its toxin was used for arrows and darts, uh, by the locals. Um, so there is truth there, and the deadly region around the tree were later attributed to the fact that the one in question was in an extinct volcano valley. So there was the devastation that he described as well. However, the idea was so intriguing that it was incorporated by writers of the era like Charlotte Bronte, Charles Dickens, Thomas Carlyle as a metaphor for a person or thing with a destructive presence. It was also commemorated in a 1820 painting by Francis Danby, who was inspired to paint it by the poem A Love of Plants by Erasmus Darwin. Uh, I'll include an image of the painting in the video version. By 1874, the idea of a deadly plant had grown more aggressive, and the first man-eating plant I can find um, appeared then. Dubbed the Madagascar tree by Edmund Spencer in the publication New York World, this was followed a couple days later by a letter from a German explorer named Karl Leck, who described encountering a sacrifice by the Makoto tribe in Madagascar to such a tree. Uh, quote, the slender, delicate palpi with the fury of starved serpents quivered a moment over her head, then as if instinct with demonic intelligence fastened upon her in sudden coils round and round her neck and arms. Then, while her awful screams and yet more awful laughter rose wildly to be instantly strangled down again into a gurgling moan, the tendrils, one after another, like great green serpents, with brutal energy and infernal rapidity, raised, retracted themselves, and wrapped her about in fold after fold, after tightening with cruel swiftness and the savage tenacity of anacondas fastening upon their prey." Unquote. 
clearly this description was written through the calculating lens of a researcher. Um, the story spread, and eventually a book was written on the matter by Charles Osborne, who also happened to be the former governor of Michigan. Um, Osborne did not claim to know whether the story was true or legend. Uh, in 1955, author Willie Lay concluded in his book, Salamander and Other Wonders, that the Makoto tribe, Karolek, and the tree were all fabrications. The idea comes up again in 1887 in James Buell's book, Land and Sea. Buell asserts that an informant alerted him to the presence of a tree referred to as Yatevio that was found in Central and South America, and that related species had been found in Africa. Yatevio is similar to a Spanish phrase that translates to I can see you, which is a delightful name for such a thing. Uh, the Wikipedia page says it comes from the sound that the tree makes, but that uh, original source I found in the story doesn't mention that as being the reason for the name. Uh, the informant, who as far as I have been able to tell is unnamed, provided a description as well as an illustration of the tree, and I'll include the illustration in the video, um, and I have seen it uh, reproduced in a few sources, so it seems to be the only representation that's out there. An excerpt of his description is as follows, quote, a short, thick trunk from the top of which radiates giant spines, narrow and flexible, the edges of which are armed with barbs or dagger-like teeth. Instead of growing upright, these spines lay their outer ends upon the ground, and so gracefully they are distributed it resembles a couch." Unquote. It goes on to describe a scenario where a weary or curious traveler goes to rest upon the luxurious branches only to meet their doom. Um, the moment the person's feet are within reach of the reach the spines, rise up like giant serpents, and snare the victim and drag them towards the trunk. Then the spines go to work and the body is crushed until every drop of blood has been absorbed by the tree and the dry husk of the unfortunate is cast aside. Illustrated London News carried a story in 1892 by Dr. Andrew Wilson recounting the story of a botanist by the name of Dunstan who made a discovery in the area of Nicaragua Lake while hunting. He heard his dog yelp as though in pain and rushed towards the sounds. He discovered his dog ensnared in, quote, rope-like tissue of roots and interlacing stems that resemble the branches of a weeping willow devoid of leaves and nearly black, covered in a viscous gum that oozed from its pores, unquote. He struggled to cut the dog free with his knife and upon doing so found it was covered in blood and with spots that appeared to be sucked or puckered all over its body. In freeing the dog, the vines also ensnared his hands and left them red and blistered. Uh, I've seen two accounts of this story, each slightly different, but both talk about how the locals of the region were well aware of the nature of the death-dealing plant and how it would drain meat and then cast aside as a the husk as a, as a spider does. Um, this later was also believed to be a fabrication. The idea of all this finds its origin in folklore and myth going back even before these published accounts with things like the Jukobo in Japan. Uh, this was a tree that was said to grow up from battlefields where many had died and thus became a yokai tree that lives on human blood. Um, the Leshi in Slavic lore is more of a forest spirit. Um, it can have the look of a tree if it chooses, but it also has shape-shifting abilities. While not considered a purely hostile 
It has also been attributed with things like abductions and leading people astray. Uh, the folklore and the leshy is kind of like the folklore of the fae in the UK. Uh, there were surely others, uh, but this is getting long. And while science says these stories are fictions, the idea and symbology continues to rise up in our art and literature and as the environmental issues we face trudge further on the trajectory they are on, I don't imagine the idea of vengeful trees is going anywhere. And now, here is, and also the trees, with the headless clay woman. Round and round and round the paint 
That was Dreadmall with Swamp Eyes from the EP of the same name. Uh, previous to that was Reverence with Earth, 
and opening the set was and also the trees from the reissue of their album virus meadow with the headless clay woman i was recently looking back at what i had played on old shows and i somehow seem to have never played the chameleons which is simply not right so here is one of my absolute favorite tracks from them this is swamp thing
Thousand Fears from their record Therapy. Um, before that was Gecko with A Toxic Life, and opening that set was Swamp Thing from The Chameleons. And up next is Funerary Call with Hill of Skull and Bone.
That was Reptilla, which is a side project of Underneath the Deadlight. That track was called Abiogenesis. Uh, before that was Funerary Call with Hill of Skull and Bone. And I think that is about going to do it for this episode. I'm going to wrap things up with Shadow Monument from their album The Heretic. Uh, thanks as always for having a listen. And this track is called Pool of Shades. <laughs>